On this week's Bet the Process podcast, we have a slightly abbreviated version, since Jeff has pressing time commitments, where we discuss, among other things, Jeff's son's possible career as a long snapper, Deshaun Kaiser, as well as NFL futures, college football futures, before giving out a few college football and NFL picks. As always, the Bet the Process podcast is brought to you by us, since we don't have a sponsor. So with that, let's start the process. Bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not the typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is Welcome to the, the second episode of season three of the Bet the Process podcast with Jeff Ma and Rufus P. P. Firefly. I talked about you today on the Tony Kornheiser show where I gave them, spoiler alert, your Maryland minus seven pick, which yeah? Rufus how, has. How is, minus, how's everybody there? I, they're great. The minute, minute I mentioned your name, they got super excited and you know they just basically all stopped the podcast and then just did like a silent applause to you. Silent applause. I like. Yeah, it. silent applause. If you guys have never heard a silent applause, neither have I. So, who's um, who was it? Was Chris on there? Saliza? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think it's like Tony, his his uh, son a- Michael. There's I actually don't know all the people on the show. There's Mark Stern, who's the main producer. Who knows? There's a it's cast a great of characters. Show. I mean, it's it's really Tony, and no one else matters, right? True. I mean, Tony's the best. He did insult me the first time he met me, but that's okay. He offered me $50 to park his car, basically. You don't look like a guy with very much money. Like, I could probably pay you $50 and you would go insult Jay, what's his name? Jay Crawford. That was the story. This is ESPN. Anyways, it was that, like, it was, so it was when I was doing the ESPN, the Super Bowl prop stuff. And essentially, I was doing a little bit where they had brought Lenny Kravitz onto stage after as part of my segment. And they were, I was doing a bunch of prop bets. And one of the props they asked me was like, do you know what the prop that Lenny Kravitz kisses Katy Perry on the lips during the halftime show? And I started breaking it down with analytics. And then Lenny Kravitz walked onto the set and said, no, 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 no. This is, this is what's going to happen. And then I left the set because my uh, segment was over but it was pretty th- this kind of awkward thing because they went to like a a, a a narrow shot and then when they back went back to the wide shot i was just gone and so tony thought it was really funny because he was like you're the dude that just vaporized and just disappeared it must have been so awkward for you and i was like yeah. this is like literally the first time i met him it's at the espn super bowl party and he just keeps going on about how awkward it was. And then he said, you don't look like a guy with very much money. I could probably pay you $50 to insult someone. And, and then like he went and left with Matt Kelleher, the producer that he, he has for uh, PTI. And he came back and he was like, uh, so Oops. someone tell me who you are and sorry for insulting you. And then he was really nice. But. And so, so that's why you're on the show. He's, he's, it's redemption <laughs> for him. He's, he feels like obligated. A, it's, it's like affirmative action. He feels bad about insulting me. It's like his penance, um, his three-step approach. And this is the first step is like having me be on a show each week. But, you know, I have to do a show at 5.30 a.m. on the West Coast. Yeah, I don't know why you do that. 
So I do it just because I help. It helps us get you know our eighth and ninth l- listeners for this podcast. Maybe. Well, Jeff, you're a real team player, and I appreciate that. I don't know if I say yeah, that enough, I'm, but you're the heart and soul of this you team. Do, you do some media whoring, also. You go, you get out there. Every once in a while, I'll see like something, and they're like, "We have professional better Rufus Peabody on our on our show this week," and I'm like, "Oh, that's cool." I wonder yeah. if he just keeps droning on on that, also, just like he does on our podcast. Basically, Although, I'm trying. I'm trying to cut down this year. I feel like I, I got spread a little too thin. No, I mean, yeah. Oh, you mean cut down on the amount of podcasts you do? You should do as many as you can. You need more. You need more reps. I need more time to focus on my actual analytical skills. Those. That's that, that's how that, I make money. That Josh. ship. That ship has sailed. Well, well, not improving them, but actually using them to, you know, handicap games and the like, etc. And the like, and the cetera, like. Well, now that we're talking about in the like, let's just dive into NFL futures. And you sent me this wonderful spreadsheet, which has this wonderful list of all the teams to make the playoffs, et cetera. What jumps out at you from this? I guess one thing that jumps out at me is that you're very high on Tennessee. My list. Which, which page are you even in? I'm on the one you just sent me. Projected standings before week two. Okay. Massive. see your cursor. You got it. You got it. So, um, and you high have on the Titans with a 54.7% chance to make the playoff. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty high. They, uh, they obviously benefit from the Andrew Luck injury, but that's, um, that's old. They days. also benefit from having won their first game, whereas the other three teams lost their first game. Right. right? And they, and they, and they won as a five and a half point underdog. So that was a game they weren't expected to win. So that definitely, uh, jumps them up a little bit. I think and they were that only, was, yeah. That pick was given out on Bet the Process last week for those that listened. That was one of my picks. Well done, Jeff. Did you? What, what was your Let's record? Let's not talk about the other one. Okay. The other one I lost. Okay. I think I, I was one and one, too. Maybe. Yeah, I had the Redskins and Dolphins. Yeah. 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 Dolphins. That, that was back, a close. That was a bad beat. Backdoored for you. Yeah. Although, the, I mean, given that you they actually have 17 of, nothing in the second quarter. Right. <laughs> A little backdoor, no baby. Yeah, you got uh, A&M was a little backdoor. That was like the ultimate backdoor. They kind of had no business covering. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't watching the fourth quarter. I was, I was, was having a really bad day gambling, so I went down, decided to, to lift some weights, go on a run, and then I came back and found out that the games that were looking poor at halftime, like almost universally, ended up doing well. So it was great. So you won. I, I was, did you guys win last week? Um, yeah, we won in college. I think we were a slight loser in the NFL. But Did you have any I, second halves in the NFL last week? I did. Second halves in the NFL, actually. After second halves, I think I was actually up a little bit in the NFL. NFL second halves were very, very solid. Not a lot of volume, you but have, the ones I did bet did well. Did you have anything in the Seattle-Cincinnati game? Do you remember? Um, that was Seattle was down. Yeah, I took Cincinnati injury. plus... Six and a half. Six, yeah. I took Cincinnati plus the points in that one. We, we, had, we had Seattle in the under, so we split. Interesting. So interesting that you and I were, were against each other in that one. What about Monday Night Football? Did you have anything in that Oakland-Denver? Um, I had Oakland in the game, and then I had nothing in the second half. I had Oakland in the game as well. I had Denver. I had, I had actually Oakland in the second in half. Under in the game, so that won. That's very nice. I had Denver and over in the second half, and those both won. So that was also nice. Ooh. How how often is it that you know one 
you know, the underdog and the under wins for the game, yet the favorite and the over wins in the second half. Probably, Probably pretty not rare. That often. So you should just bask in the glory. Okay, so what other things from this future is like, are you, it's, we talked about you're not as high or the player level model is not as high on Baltimore. It isn't. You're right. Lamar Jackson. Whoa, it has Baltimore projected right now to have basically a 500 record. Yeah. It's, it doesn't overreact as much, or I shouldn't say overreact. It doesn't react as much to one game just because one game doesn't, in terms of grading of players and stuff, doesn't tell you that much, especially if the guy has some track record. Whereas Baltimore just statistically was so good last week that their rating just kind of skyrocketed. And honestly, I would expect it to kind of bounce back a little bit just because like their Z score on that performance was just so good. And when you sort of averages out, average it out with uh, what I'm expecting will probably be a much more normal performance next week. I think we might see a bit of a sort of bounce back to earth, but they, they played superb. The question is how much of that was Baltimore and how much was Miami, right? And I guess we'll, we'll learn more about that uh, after you know, this coming week and, and the subsequent weeks. But, I mean, Miami looked bad. Definitely in the subsequent weeks, I'll, I'll, I'll say we'll learn more. I mean, I think it'll be, this week will be interesting, obviously, because Miami's playing New England, and it's just a ridiculous spread for a road, road team, or a, rather a home team underdog. What's what's interesting to me is how low the Browns are, and not just uh, not just in my numbers, but Jeff in that little spreadsheet I sent you, I actually put together uh, the FPI Football Outsiders and five thirty eight numbers for winning division and Super Bowl. So if you can direct your attention to the tab titled um, FPI underscore FO five thirty eight didn't make it got on it, the got tab. It, got it. Um, I got it. Yeah, like Cleveland. FPI didn't even give them a chance, said z- less than 0.1% to win the Super Bowl. This is so sad. Denver, the Giants, Washington, Cincy, Arizona, Jacksonville, and Oakland are all so low that you can't even show them because your decimal they, points don't go out that far. F- FPI said less than one in a thousand chance of winning the Super Bowl. So. Oh, you actually have. That's not my numbers. These where's, are. Where's, is MP not on here? No, I, I need to, you know, we, I was rushing to kind of crank through these simulations so really, we'd have some material really for the podcast, and this is, this is there wasn't enough time to actually link up the spreadsheets. But Wait, I have two tabs percent- open, so I can, I can uh, tell you if you like, because I have What are one. these percentages of to make the playoffs? Well, if you look at the top, it says FSB, that's Super Bowl, playoffs means playoffs, and DIV means win division, so... Cleveland FPI has Cleveland at less than one in a thousand to win the Super Bowl. Football Outsiders has them at a half a percent, and uh, Five Thirty Eight has them less than a percent somewhere. There's it's only rounded to the nearest percent. Whereas the Massey Peabody model has them at zero point eight percent. But if you look at the player level stuff, where Cleveland is ranked much much higher um, because they do have a, a good array of talent. Uh, they're at three point three percent. So, surprisingly, I'm I, I'm either way I'm higher on Cleveland than anybody else. But despite being so low on them and and having them as a favorite, um, well, let's see. So one, you would say that the market is just much higher on Cleveland than any of the analytical systems. And was this the oh, case? For sure. Was this the case? going into week one or was it just in a reaction to what happened in week one? I think it had to be the case going into week one. I, I didn't actually look, but I think Cleveland, there was, 
there was this sort of narrative that they added all this talent, they especially at skilled positions, wide receiver with Odell Beckham, and that suddenly, you know, they were going to continue trending the way they had been at the end of the season last year. But I think that's kind of dangerous. I think there's sort of uh, – you can sort of look at a line and say, okay, you know, this team got better over the previous season. They're going to continue to get better. Or you can say, oh, well, they're going to kind of – you know, they, they overperformed a little bit at the end of the season and maybe they're going to kind of regress back to how they did overall that season. And so I remember years ago when I was looking at predicting props, I found that there wasn't that, there wasn't really any added value to uh, the last few games of the season to late in the season in terms of projecting a player for the, for the subsequent year, it was basically take the year as a whole. And that's what I do with the Massey Peabody stuff for that matter. Um, Less yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's basically just saying like this this narrative because we love to prove narratives are false. You're saying that the narrative of so, of someone playing better at the end of the season does not necessarily trickle into the next season. Right. Uh, it does give fans a sense of optimism for sure, but I don't think the numbers. Well, back what it about up. the increased enthusiasm of the fans? Do you measure that? Because then they're, well, then they're louder, louder from a decibel in week it's, one. It's true, and if they're in Seattle, it's that even louder. Model. Probably fucking right. I don't. Um, okay, well, so, what else? Let's go back to your numbers. What else is interesting from your numbers? So one thing, I mean, the Patriots. Okay, here's interesting. Minnesota and Green Bay, based on player-level model versus non-player-level model, are very different. Yeah, the player-level model likes Green Bay a little more. They probably It's most likely due to Rod, like Rodgers being rated higher. Um, that's probably part of it. Is it any, Quarterback any, matters a lot. Sean Kaiser not being the backup there anymore? No, huh. I only use the number one quarterback, but oh, he should be the number one quarterback. <laughs> it's really, really good. Sean Kaiser, I feel so bad for that guy. He just had a horrible career so far. Everywhere <laughs> he goes, he comes to get shit did, on. Did he like, like play yesterday? Put did, in these very awkward situations. Is there a reason that uh, we're bringing about, up about, Deshaun Kaiser? Is there has he been on your mind recently? No, I just I think. Last week, when I made that sort of gaffe of forgetting that Rodgers didn't play at the end of last year, it just made me think a lot about his backups historically, and Deshaun Kaiser was was one that just came to mind because yeah, he had that horrible, horrible run. Oh, interesting. So the player level model does not like San Francisco, but the non player model likes them more. Well, yeah, I guess difference between eight point four and seven point five wins. That's so. a fair amount of wins. Yeah, and, and pretty roughly double the Super Bowl, double the Super Bowl chances. Yeah, and so. yeah, interesting. They, Philly, they play- Dallas flip flopped. Also, player level model, non player level model, player level model must like Carson Wentz. It, it seems like Massey Peabody, the the regular Massey Peabody model, is reacting yeah, more to is well, the Massey Peabody seems to be reacting more to the one game than the player level model is, which the player level model is much is about sort of the underlying talent and. and I think, I mean, it's, it's hard. I was going to say it doesn't react as and much so to the coaching, would, I mean, but it's, like, it's hard to separate the two. Like, I'll, I'll like, give you the team that's the, the, you want to see the biggest discrepancy and it's Atlanta for whatever reason, the, like Atlanta's players, like they, they grade as having an above average roster on like slightly above average on defense. Um, especially, um, like, and slightly better than average secondary, which is extremely important. And Matt Ryan still somehow grades out very well. And, Whereas, like, the results just haven't been there, not like both last week and last year. 
Huh. And how much of that, the question is how much of that is like, you know, you had Steve Sarkeesian as the offensive coordinator last year and, and everybody gave him all this crap because his offense was, you know, not, uh, not it was not analytics driven. We'll say that. And, and, and the play calling was abysmal and people thought, okay, well now we get rid of Sarkeesian, you know, let the true talent shine. And, you know, obviously it didn't really work out that way. We won, but it really is tough to figure out like how much is, coaching in terms of putting these players in positions to succeed versus, um, you know, versus actual you know, talent of the players. And I mean, it's easy to sort of, the one thing we can say is like, okay, you know, this team makes better fourth down decisions. Like, you know, the Eagles, by the way, the, I'd say the number one analytics, the number one ranked team in analytics. Well, they use the most analytics of any NFL team and they, uh, you know, they went for it twice really in their own territory. Yeah, words are difficult for me, Jeff. Not numbers are easier. Basically, what you're trying to say is that the Eagles of all teams have analytics at the backbone of their, backbone of their decision-making on the field. Yeah. And, and you see it. They were the first team that went for it. Sorry, went for two when they were down by 14 and then made it and scored a touchdown. They went for it for two to make a potentially an eight-point lead go to a nine-point lead because the difference in win probability between eight and nine was more than, you know, sort of like it was a, it's a very clear expected value calculation. That's probably one of the easiest expected value calculations to think about, but like to their credit, not a lot of people would have done that. Didn't Atlanta do that last year too? And they got in a huge shitstorm of media trouble or I forget which team it was when it didn't work. I don't think I know of any, I don't think I've heard of any team doing that and maybe I just missed it. Oh, there was but a huge that one seemed- controversy last year when, it, yeah, it was went for two down 14 late in the game. You know, score a touchdown down 14, go for two. No, right? that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what, it, what Philly did this, this time was they were going to go up by eight with an extra point, and they went for two to go up by nine. Well, that's about saying, okay, do you think you have a better chance of making it the two-point conversion than your opponent does, right? Would you rather be the one to attempt the two-point conversion, or am I, like, thinking about this the wrong way? You're so, thinking about it the wrong way because you're you're basically moving the game, for, like you're moving it into a range that has a much higher win probability. If if you make it, if you make it, it goes to a nine point game. So they scored when they were up one. They scored a touchdown. You know they're up seven. They either you know they go for two. They make it. They're up nine. It's a two possession game. They kick the extra point. It's a basically fifty percent chance of a one possession game. Fifty percent chance of a two possession game. Sure. And I also think that teams. So think about this. The Redskins would play differently down nine than they would down eight, I would surmise. Yeah, I mean, well. Because when you're down eight, you think of it as a one-score game. When in reality, it's... That's the, that's the Kevin Cole thing that he, he put out last year that I hadn't actually thought that much about, right? Which is this idea that the team is down by, you know, three versus a team down by seven or six. Like, it's almost better to be down by... It's almost better to be up by three... Because teams six. play less often. What? Yeah. No, then that better yeah. be up by... I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, just teams play less optimally. So you have, you have a chance that they're going to basically play conservatively to go to overtime, and then you still have a 50-50% chance to win in overtime. Whereas if they go more aggressively and win in regulation, then you, you could lose in regulation, which is probably less of a chance when um, it's only a three-point score, which is, yeah. which is counterintuitive. But if you think about how dumb football teams are, then it becomes very intuitive. 
But going back to this Eagles point, it's counter, counter, counterintuitive. I, I, I still am trying to understand your logic of like if you're saying that let's let's assume for simplicity that the Eagles have a fifty percent chance convert of converting a two point conversion, and so do the Redskins. They each have a fifty percent chance. Are you still saying it's optimal to go for two in that situation? If if you score a touchdown, win out by one. I mean, I would say yes because you're have a 50 you basically have and and you know that they're not going to go for two in that other case so you have a you basically have a in one instance you're a one you basically have a really good opportunity to move it to a two two score game a 50 percent chance whereas in the other case it's 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 not going to be a two score game it'll only be if they if they don't score but but in the other case, there's a fifty percent chance that it's a two score game. Also, because we just have to do the math out. The math isn't very hard to do. No, I'm I'm trying to little write a little decision tree thing here. Yeah, but I guess what I'm saying is that either way, there's a fifty percent chance in that case that it goes to a two score game because I'm considering an eight point game a fifty oh, percent chance of one score game, fifty percent chance of two score game. They're right. Got it. Um, so, so it's the increase in win probability that does go to a two that it's certain to go to a two point game at that. I mean, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Um, they, they have like a very, the Eagles have this really smart Indian woman, I guess. Um, Ted Knudsen, Knudsen knows her and has mentioned her. I think her name's like Sweetha or something like that. She's the one we got to give her credit. Oh, she's got a great Twitter account. Yeah. She's, she's clearly good at her job and good at convincing people to do shit because the Eagles are clearly just the stuff that they do is, is really, it's like um, when teams started shooting more threes in the NBA, it's all seemed obvious, but it took like someone like Daryl Morey to really push the envelope and get convinced people that they should do it. By the way, Jeff, her name is Namita. Her hash, her Twitter is NN stats. Very good follow. What show? Okay. Sorry. So. I effed up her name. Um, Daryl was very smart. Maury, he was able to calculate that three points was more than two points. Damn. That was his level. contribution to basketball analytics and analytics generally. Okay. No, we love Daryl. Daryl's smart as F. Um, do we, want to, move, do we want to move on to, I mean, it seems like, um, I mean, I think the big takeaway overall, just especially looking at the Massey Peabody slash player level model numbers compared to the, um, these other systems is just sort of how, uh, I mean, the, how different they are. And in some cases, I mean, there are, in some cases, there's very big differences between um, these numbers from the different systems. It's like a team like Baltimore is a good example. You know, they have anywhere between a 12% chance of winning the Super Bowl, according to FPI. I think uh, football outsiders is 8.4, 538 is only 5%. You know, that's pretty significant differences there. Um, I'm either 10.6 or 1.9, depending on which one you want to go with. I think the 10.6 seems um, better. I mean, also Baltimore seems to, I, I think they're going to be a higher variance team. There's more upside there, but well, I mean, this is like a perfect example of just the strength and like weaknesses of modeling because Lamar Jackson is a player that's probably really, really hard to model because there aren't, haven't been a lot of players like him before that, have this sort of running ability and, and the body of work. And there's just not a lot of comps. So projecting him is probably really, really hard. I mean, there's, you have like guys like Cam Newton, RG three. I mean, you have Russell Wilson ran the ball a lot. White quarterback that he's like then Johnny Manziel. Um, Alex Smith ran the ball back in the day. 
Brandon Tarkenden, Josh Allen. If Josh Allen, Josh Allen, there you go. A lot. I mean, if Josh Allen were black, people would be comparing him to athletic black quarterbacks. But since he's Josh Allen, they just say he's got a really strong arm. I think he right does have a really that. strong arm. And what's that? I think I, th- I said I think you're right about that. It's uh, it's called unconscious bias, and it impacts us at many levels in our lives. Uh, what about a team like Cincy? So the non-player model seems to like Cincy I mean, a little. Bit like more. is relative, but I mean, yeah, no, 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 it has them as like a seven-win team, seven to seven and a half-win no, no, team. No, no, the, the player model likes Cincy more. It's just that it actually the player-level model just doesn't like Baltimore at all. So what yeah. do you what do you do then with these two two things? Do you do a blend of these two models, or what do you use to actually make your bets? So when I make my bets, I actually look at the output from both and I kind of, and I know sort of the strengths and weaknesses of each. I know that, that in this case, like the reason that the player level model is so low on, on Baltimore is because it ranks like Lamar Jackson, like the number 25 quarterback or something like that. And quarterback is far and away the most important position in the NFL. And so what about I, long I tend to think, nope. well, that's, that, that's a close, close second, but okay. But I'm teaching James, my son, to be a long snapper. So hopefully this will all pay off. Yeah, he, he's probably going to need to uh, – I guess you don't need to be that heavy to be a long snapper because they're not allowed to – Like He's already pretty nimble. You. He can ride a bike already. He's two and a half years old. No big deal. It's You're in an interesting mood today, Jeffy. Uh, yeah, you would, you would guess that it was because I was drunk, but it, it's like 1 o'clock on, and, and I'm in New York and I have meetings all day, so that's not why. I feel like you must have had a I'm good meeting punch, yesterday. I'm punch drunk because I came in on the red eye last night and haven't really had any sleep and I'm battling through this. And I'm also trying to take the advice that RJ Bell gave us, which was to be more entertaining. Okay. So RJ speaking of entertaining, like, I say we leave these futures things alone for a little while okay. and talk about – um, We about could talk about college Jambo? too or college futures. You don't do um, But I don't have a college future sheet in front of me. Well, I do. And does college even matter? It's like four teams, right? Yeah. Can you tell me Honestly, the committee, how the committee would rank them right now? Um, I don't have that in front of me, but I would guess Alabama, Clemson, Georgia. That's such bullshit that Alabama's still ranked in front of Clemson. Well, no, Cle- maybe they, they probably put Clemson first, honestly, but yeah. I think Alabama's the better team. Oh, you do, do you? Yes. By, by, like, you know, more than a field goal. By more than a lock of Trevor Lawrence's hair. Is that also known as a field goal? Sure. He's okay. got long flowing locks. What are your top five for college? Let me guess. Alabama. Wait, wait. In terms of actual team strength or likelihood of making the playoff? Or team likelihood strength. of winning? Team strength. Alabama, Clemson. Ding. Georgia. Ding. Oklahoma. Eh. Ohio State. No. LSU, Oklahoma. Oh, LSU. Yeah, stupid me. They, they, played, they played well against Texas. Oh, my I God. Thought, the, the Joe, Joe Burrow actually like, looks like he can throw the ball. How long has it been since LSU, LSU had a quarterback who could throw scary, the ball? To be honest. I thought they looked really good against Texas. Yeah, their defense couldn't really stop like they're stopping, but well, like, you're not I mean, going to beat Alabama. Some, like, of the things, some of the plays that Texas's quarterback, that throw that he made, that touchdown throw that he made, that was an insane play. The LSU defender was like draped all over the receiver and somehow he got that ball in for a touchdown. Well, Kate tells me that Ellinger, the, the Texas quarterback, is actually like a top five quarterback in the country. 
So I, I kind of was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Have you told Cade to stop doing crack? Because <laughs> that's probably what's happening. Cade so, needs to lay off the crack. Behind like Tua, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, and there's some other guy probably. But after that. There's some other guy, probably. <laughs> Great. Hey, I, I named. I named. College. I've named four quarterbacks so far, which is more than. No, that's really. That's more college football players than I named in the entirety of last season. So. I wonder if I could, like, in future shows, like, drop a name and convince you that that's the name of a fo- college football player. Didn't you try to convince me that Donald Trump was going to Burning Man before? <laughs> I mean, I you think you you, you really think you can convince me of a lot. I almost got you with the Donald Trump thing. You were like, oh, that's cool. He's going to Burning Man because I love, I love Donald Trump. Anyways. Anyway. Um, are, you, are, you going to the, are you still going to that Donald Trump rally that you were going to go to? Which Donald Trump rally? Is he that one you kept talking about. Remember when you were wearing the Make America Great hat again? Yeah. You remember when you were wearing it? You said you were going to be Donald Trump for Halloween. Don't you remember oh. that? People who don't know your politics are like, wow, I never thought Rufus would be a Donald Trump, Trump truther. I thought we were trying to like keep politics out of this, Jeff. Didn't you, haven't you said uh, that? It's pretty, pretty hard to keep politics and we, out of. We alienate of like people. half of our audience. We're not saying what we think about Donald Trump. I mean, we're just saying that he has orange hair. We're not ESPN. We can talk about politics if we want. This is why we don't have any like sponsor right now because who would sponsor us? It's a fair point. Um, all right. We have, we have 16 more minutes, Rufus. So what do you want to do with our 16 more minutes? I don't know. You've managed to waste most of our minutes just on random segues about Deshaun Kaiser and Donald Trump and your son being a long stopper. But we, we can uh, – Let's move to college. So what, what, is, what surprises you in your college ratings so far? I mean, there's been, what, two-ish weeks of games in college? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you liked Mar- You said you like Maryland. We talked about that. They're they're minus seven this week, and hopefully climbing. It opened at six. It seems like they are um, a well thought of team with a great offense and a transfer quarterback and Joshua Jackson. Low to react to the fact that they're much better than we thought they were. Well, what was interesting is, I mean, they they were priced. It was a, I guess they were like a two two and a half point underdog against Syracuse. I think it might have closed as a one at one, but. You know, at home against Syracuse, which was started the season as a top twenty-five team, um, and people, I don't, people seem to think that Syracuse might have a chance, um, slight chance against Clemson the week after, which is this week now, I guess. But but Maryland had beat Howard like seventy to three or something, and and Howard is not not a football dynasty. What was the score? Seventy-two to three. Seventy-two nothing. Seventy-two nothing. Yeah. I don't think Howard scored. They they didn't they didn't beat Boston College's record of margin of victory by a FBS team against Howard, which was seventy six to nothing in two thousand fifteen. Which, by the way, after that Boston College after that seventy six point win, they managed to win one more game um, the entire season, one game against a, another FBS team. So, um, so I think that's why Maryland's performance was kind of discounted. But they like they really had a great offensive game last week, and it's. Yeah, they they have a talented team. Like their recruiting has been has been pretty solid, and it's you know they had all that drama last year with DJ Durkin being dismissed, and and I, I don't even I, f- I forget what the new coach's name, but apparently he seems pretty good. Who's gonna win the Who's gonna win the Big Ten then? If if you're kind of sounds like you're down a little bit on Ohio State, Michigan has not looked amazing this year. No, Michigan looked. I mean, against Army, like I know they're trying to learn the spread offense and all that, but like. 
Hey, I don't know. Can it's, you sing the army song for us? I actually can. I love it. But I'm not going to do it. Oh, we saved that for if, army. If, if army had won, I would have done it. Well, they almost won. They almost won. Uh, yeah, Michigan doesn't it's, it's like almost great. winning a war, right? Great. It's like we, we almost won the Vietnam War. Shouldn't we get like some accolades for that? My Uber driver yesterday who's driving to the airport was talking about 9-11 and he was so young that he didn't even remember like 9-11 when it happened. And he was like, I can't believe we went, I didn't know we went to war after 9-11. And I was like, I just forget that that was like a war. Like the, the term war is just so different than it ever used to be. Right. It is. It's funny like, when you, when you experience it versus like what you read in textbooks. Yeah. I mean, war, like what is it good for Rufus? Absolutely nothing. There you go. Ohio State, 37%. 37%, okay. 37%, yeah, Penn State, ooh, wow, 8%. I think FPI, like, I saw a tweet What's Michigan, then? Someone about, Michigan is 12%. So it goes Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Maybe we Wait, should, no, we, but that, that's only 30, okay, so 37%. Why don't we make them, we're, why don't we're leaving we, somebody out that's big. Wisconsin, 16%. Why don't we make Wisconsin? Why don't we make Maryland the official 2019 team of the, bet the process podcast and bet some futures on them to win the big big ten? So Maryland's odds to win the Big Ten one and a half percent. I don't think we're going to find value. I don't think we're going to find that bet. <laughs> I mean, yeah. maybe in Vegas, right? Like we, they're they're not so offering to win the Big Twelve bets, are they? Or Big Ten bets um, online, are they? I do not know. NCA futures. Open that up. Must not be logged in. Let's see what we got here. In the in the meanwhile, while I'm doing this, Rufus, tell us an entertaining story. I'm trying to. I feel like my Maybe numbers aren't adding up to the. Oh no, I guess they are. Entertaining story. Um, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an entertaining story. I, we, I have Alabama is 34.7 percent to win the national title right now, which seems ridiculously high. And if if you want, I mean. To bet Alabama to win, like there is massive value out there. Well, what is that? Chris, Chris had like plus two thirty. Um, I can. Well, you have up. him at thirty four percent. That's plus one eighty eight. Which I, I told Cade, and Cade was like, "There's got to be something wrong. Like that. That doesn't make any sense. Like we've how have we, how can we have a team that high this early?" I'm about go out and buy myself some Alabama futures. I I took some Alabama futures last week at plus two forty, and it's still. You know, still pretty good. I don't like rooting for Alabama, though. Yeah, I mean, it's like rooting for the Yankees, right? Except even worse. Well, the Yankees have sucked relatively recently. It's like rooting for Darth Vader before he turns good. Baseball very much recently. I mean, they're they're good again this year because they just hit home runs every time they swing the swing the bat. But is it worse than rooting for the Patriots? That's the question. No, rooting for the Patriots is amazing. Feels so good. God. Is there I any good they, long shots in the – I mean, there never is, but anything good in, in – like last year we just were so knee-deep in Georgia futures by the end. Is there anything like that? Let's see. Okay, I'm, I'm pull, so I got Westgate. How about Notre Dame? Westgate has plus 225 for Alabama, so that's nice value. The problem is if I'm so high on Bama, it kind of necessarily means I'm not going to be that high on these other teams. Right. Um, let's see. Oklahoma, 14, I make them uh, plus 925. You can get Oklahoma at 14 to 1 at the Westgate. With, and they got Jalen Hurts. Would, wouldn't that be a nice matchup of like... Wait, wait, wait. I should bet... I can get plus 35... Uh, plus 350... Plus 35,000. Plus, plus 3,500. 
on Oklahoma. You got to count your zeros. You can get 35 oh, no, to no, one on Oklahoma. Oklahoma State. Yeah. No, that's Oklahoma yeah. State. Are those different teams? I think so. Okay. T. Boone Pickens died. Oh. He's he he. So Oklahoma State. Are they gonna like rally around that? Um, I don't know. No. I mean, what about like, Notre Dame? What do you have Notre Dame? Notre Dame. Ooh, uh, 169 to one. Mm, they're plus 6,300 at Chris. Yeah. You're never going to find a team's value in Notre Dame and Michigan because I don't know. Those teams some, are lovely. I'm going to take some UCLA to win it all. <laughs> Ohio state's listed at 18 to one. Why the the F do they even have 19 UCLA listed here? They're UCLA. Listed. Holy shit. I mean, well, UCLA has literally never won in any of five thousands of sims. shit the bed. And I'm like, maybe they've, maybe they have shit the bed. They are. Literally. Although, although I have a bet on them this week, unfortunately. How about how about Washington? I figure that one might be a good one because they've lost, and so but maybe they can still come, they can probably still come back and win the Pac-12 and then. Ooh, I don't think they're that great this year. I think that's the bigger issue. Um, and losing so being bad. good, I have them three thousand one hundred and twenty-four to one. Hmm. And Washington State only eighteen hundred to one. Do you have any other good college pick for people? So we can, we're giving out as an official bet the process pick Maryland minus seven. Is, is that still the line? Do we know? In Temple. Have we checked? Uh, I'll check right now. We don't want to give out a stale line because then would be everything we hate. We, we hate ourselves, so we're self-loathing. So that Self, was, self-hate yeah, is a seven, great motivator. Minus 7 say. minus 107, which means someone sharp hit Temple plus 7 minus 113 because that's can, what they do at Chris when you hit and they move it three cents. Can I just say how rare it is that we're on a road favorite? How does that feel, Jeff? How do you feel about that? Feels good. It feels good. Kind of feels always feel good when they win. Do you feel kind of square at all? Give me one more. Give me one more college pick. Rufus. Okay, I, 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 got, one more I got some good college picks. Okay, I like for games tomorrow. I like UNC plus three um, against on the road against Wake Forest, which mm-hmm. I think our friends at, at Jambos disagree on that one. So you can, you know, don't give vote, out vote, vote with picks. your money. You're gonna get effing sued. Well, that's what a friend told me. I don't know. Um, it's Thursday. Don't they give out picks for free on Thursdays? I don't know. Let's, I don't know. Let's, um, I, I also like, let's see, I like um, Kansas plus 21. Right. By the way, I don't like Rutgers anymore this year. Like Rutgers, I actually had a bet against them last week. And they exactly. were like, I was like, how do I bet against the official bet the process, the process team? team. So, and then who do you like in the, the Houston-Washington State game? I like Washington State, but I got it at seven and a half, and it is now all the way an eight, and it's now all the way up to nine and a half. Which it's not; it's not a huge difference, but I probably would not be playing it at nine and a half. Um, at least I wouldn't be playing it nine and a half this close to post. So, for me, you know, I, I'm, I'm regressing my number more towards the market closer to game time because the market tends to be more efficient there. And it's the whole pr- process of do price discovery that we've talked about. Towards efficiency? They do later in the week. Oh, early in the so, week they don't? Well, you know, early, we've talked about this, but early in the week, I there's, know, there's less money being bet into the market. Joshing you. I know, but you know, some of our listeners, we might have some, we might have an eighth listener. So who hadn't heard this in the past. So That's I'm trying true. to be considerate. It's very nice of you. Thank you. So Thank Rufus you. likes UNC plus the three, Kansas plus the twenty-one, and Washington. Let's, let's State not let's not consider what. Are, are we giving out bet the process official plays here? Well, I asked you. Okay, you I'll give you I'll give you another one. 
Um, Louisiana Tech minus 10. Wait, let me be sure it's still minus 10. Oh, crap, it's minus 11 and a half now. <laughs> um, it was minus 10. Louisiana Tech, well, it's minus 11 at Chris. Louisiana Tech minus 11. Put it on the board. That's still, that's that's the, still a that's, great play, in my opinion. From, uh, Matt Berry's podcast. They always say, put it on the board. Matt Berry, who is a Jambo shill now. Oh, yeah, I saw he he tweeted that out. Yeah. I, I love Maddie's Maddie's a pretty good friend of mine, but I gave him crap about being a Jambo shill. I think we both texted him about that, didn't we? Yeah. I was like, not your best Are look you? ever. And it might be because he's balding. That's why it's not his best look ever. I have to say though, he was That's like his his charisma in front of the camera there was was very good. He like I don't know I would never be able really to speak. He's really good on television. He, he's, he's very yeah. talented. Matthew's very talented. I agree, and he's a very good guy. Okay, yeah. okay. And then the last up. one UCLA UCLA plus twenty three. Well, and a half. That seems to be the consensus. Um, yeah. Well, that's minus one fourteen. So let's just call it plus twenty three. They can. I bet they can get twenty three and a half somewhere else it's yeah not, but it's this is classic chris juicing shit well pinnacles minus 22 and a half minus 112 slash plus 100 on the take back william hills plus 23 and a half Bet but that would make sense because everyone's got to be down on ucla after last week. bovada if you have a square bovada account that first you have to admit to yourself that you do have a square bovada account and then bet UCLA plus 24 and a half, and then you probably won't have to. You can look yourself in the mirror and say, I have a square Bovada account. Yeah. It's, uh, okay. Um, last wait, wait. thing. What's up? Uh, do you have a hard stop? Yeah, Jeff? I have a hard stop. Because ah. we haven't even hit this week's NFL or um, the other industry stuff. But, you know, well, but we, do- we, did, we did hit your son in long snapping. And Deshaun Kaiser. So this is, you know, you know, and you Deshaun Kaiser, the official backup quarterback. You realize, of the you realize not only did we talk about that, but you've talked about me talking about it now three times. So there you go. Okay. Well, we have to give a couple <laughs> call. We have to give a couple NFL picks. Yes, we do. Um, do you so want to? So one right now, I'm one and one as well. I'm going to take the Raiders plus seven against Kansas City. The Raiders. How are we? How many are we giving out? We give out two. I'm going to give out two. Two each? Okay. Um, I'm pulling up my NFL picks. I'm going to take – I hate to do it, but I'm going to do it. As it has to be done. I should Miami? Wait. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Plus, Miami 18 plus 18 and a half. half. I might drive to Rhode Island and see if I can get like a 21 at the William Hill there. That's, that's uh, the Rhode Island William Hill. I'm not actually going to, but I'm going to take myself some Tennessee Titans minus the three. You know, I lean your way there, but I'm going to actually, by the way, I like the Raiders too. That's one I'm on as well, but you've taken it. So I can't, by the way, people have said they don't want us to give picks. Cause that's not what they, they listen to us. They listen that's not to what us they pay talking for. I talking about my son being a long snapper and Deshaun Kaiser. That's why they listen. It's a fair point. Um, Took my good ones, man. No, sorry. I'm gonna take. Well, on me. I, I was gonna say Cincinnati, but that because I got that at plus two, but now it's minus two. So I'm not saying Cincinnati anymore. So don't bet on Cincinnati at minus two. Um, uh, I'll say uh, I'll go with the Giants plus one and a half. Makes sense. Makes sense. Home underdog. We love the home underdogs. 
All right. Well, this was a little bit of an abbreviated version. We'll start to try to get on a better track of, of doing these so we can give it the full thing, but I've been just traveling a lot. So, um, and uh, with that, we'll talk to you guys next week. Okay.